doing Nick's favorite things again this year. Once again, Foreman Mechanical Heating and Air sponsoring this, where I will travel around on Friday the 2nd. So not this Friday, but the following Friday. Hit some hot spots, come up with some different ideas. Of course, we'll start it at Scramblers. Corwin Automotive of Republic is going to be providing transportation. Some of our partners this uh, year is uh, just for him. Quick draw gun. We're going to hit Monette. ABC Books being Auto Beauty for lunch. uh, Aviary Cafe at the Farmer's Park. And then we will wrap things up. uh, Our happy hour at Retro Metro. Uh, The timing of that works out very nicely. And as always, uh, each of those different locations will highlight just a different gift idea. Maybe you have somebody that's a little difficult to buy for and uh, get some buy for and some unique ideas and so forth. And then uh, at our happy hour event from four to six, somebody will win each of those items. We'll have them in a big gift basket of sorts, and we'll do a drawing. And then if you are drawn, you get to go home with it. Or re-gift them if you'd like. Whatever you want to do. Not here to judge. So we've got the details of all that at ksgf.com. And, again, that will be not this Friday, but Friday the 2nd. And if uh, you did not make our happy hour uh, last time around at Retro Metro, it was a great time. Had, you know, just really a fantastic time. And I want to thank all of you who did come. It was so nice. It was laid back. Uh, you know, it, it was hopping at the same time. Got an opportunity to really talk with some of you more than I usually get to, and that's the fun part for me. And uh, I, I just really appreciate all of you that did come out. Hopefully, all of you, and then more, will come out for the event to cap off Nick's favorite things on December second. A year after finishing. In 72nd place as a freshman in the boys' cross-country race, the now sophomore decided to identify as a girl and now is dominating the competition. There's no evidence that being a biological male gives you a competitive edge. I love when that's said. Now, wait, there's no evidence. Uh, How about the fact that when you compete against boys, you do poorly, Then, when you compete against girls, you do really, really great. It's kind of obvious, don't you think? The Seattle Academy student, a 5,000-meter runner, has two victories, including one in a conference championship now that he's been allowed to compete against girls, and three top two finishes in eight races this season, having not finished worse than than 22nd place as an identified male, the student never finished ahead of the 25th place. Isn't that amazing how that works? That's just remarkable. But that's not evidence that there's an advantage for a male competing against females, is there? No, no, no. No science in that at all. More on this, plus another, more um, as they become adults... 
people are coming forward and doing what they can to to sound the warning of individuals that are in the medical profession or the psychology profession that take young people who have issues with depression, oftentimes because of a previous sexual assault, and convince them that they need to have a sex change operation, and then they'll be perfectly happy. And as they trust these individuals that they're told to trust, as young people, sometimes not even old enough to drive a car, they find that things don't get better, they get worse. And these voices need to be highlighted. These are young people who are being preyed upon. And so we're going to have another one of them. We've had one last week and the week prior. Because they get ignored. They get tossed aside. Oftentimes, they get trashed on by people in the very community that claim they're there to help them. Jason Ryman now with the latest news update. A man from Buffalo is dead after a crash Saturday morning in Springfield. Police say 61-year-old Ronald McClellan was driving on Division Street east of Glenstone when his vehicle ran off the road and hit a utility pole. One person's in critical condition after a shooting early Sunday morning in downtown Springfield. Police say the assault happened near Walnut and Patton. No arrests have been made. A judge in Virginia has refused to quash a subpoena issued to former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. It seeks her deposition in a lawsuit filed by Missouri and Louisiana. Those states say the Biden administration conspired to silence conservative voices on social media. A man from Tennessee is suing Kanakuk camps in Branson, claiming the organization and its leaders lied to him and his parents when they signed a settlement of sexual abuse claims against a camp counselor. The family reached a confidential settlement that included a non-disclosure agreement in 2010. That's after Logan Yandel was abused by Peter Newman, who's now serving two life sentences for sexually abusing multiple children at that Christian summer camp. And St. Louis police say a three-year-old boy was in critical condition after he shot himself in the eye. It happened Saturday afternoon. It's been ruled an accident. Child abuse investigators are looking into that situation. I'm Jason Rima. You're listening to Springfield's Talk, 104.1. First alert forecast, sunny 55 for a high today, clear 30 for a low tonight, sunny 57 tomorrow, Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high of 58. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk, 104.1. There is a reckless and false promise that is being given consistently to young people who oftentimes suffer from depression or confusion, and that is uh, go under the knife, irreversibly change your body, and this will stop you from killing yourself. I mean, it's just, it's a horrible, horrible, sick thing that is being done to these people. And, And more of these young people, as they become adults, are looking back and realizing that they need to warn others. And unfortunately, they get ignored largely. And this isn't about transgenderism in and of itself. It's about convincing young people who are in these formative years that they will kill themselves if they don't go this route. 
young people who, you know, you may recall just a few years ago, Tide had to put out PSAs about not doing a Tide Pod challenge. Young people don't have the best judgment. Heck, a lot of adults don't either, but young people certainly can't be expected to. This is why they aren't allowed to smoke, they aren't allowed to drink, they aren't allowed to get tattoos, they aren't allowed to drive, they aren't allowed to use tanning booths. So many, they're not allowed to get married because we recognize that they are young and that even those decisions, many of them, that we say you cannot do because you're too young to understand the implications are things that can be undone as opposed to this attack. Targeting young people for these surgeries. This is 20-year-old Luca in a social media posting. Um, how do I put this? The trans community lied to me. When I was a teenager, I was told that this discomfort I was feeling is just that I was meant to be a boy. And that if I transitioned, I would feel great. I would feel euphoric. It would be, it would be everything. But looking back, I think if someone at that time would have just said no just told me no just been like no you we're gonna we're gonna get you help you need it's just a normal teenage thing to feel uncomfortable in your body maybe i wouldn't be where i am today and i don't i don't know what to do anymore I'm mainly just gonna talk about this for a little bit, just for myself, but also just in the hopes that someone maybe will see this and just think for a minute. As I said, I am now 20 years old, and I don't know where I stand in the world. There isn't a place for me and it's not because of transphobia or anything like that that twitter or any other place is going to make you try and believe it is because of what has been done to me what i did to myself i'll never be fully male i'll never at this point I'll, there's no really going all the way back and I don't know what to do. Like I said, I was a child when this happened to me. And they will tell you, it's not happening. No one is giving double mastectomies to teenagers. It's okay. It's okay. They just, they can, it's reversible. You can go back. You can do all this stuff. But what if you can't? What if you, it's called irreversible damage for a reason. I sit here now at 20, wondering if I will ever be able to have children, and hoping, praying, that maybe I did not damage myself beyond repair in that respect.
Luca, according to Daily Caller News Foundation, is one of a handful of detransitioners, and we've played you uh, some audio from some of the others speaking out against what they see as a medical establishment run amok, committed more to transgender ideology than patient well-being, their fears backed up by a growing body of experts who believe the medical community is pushing minors onto the gender medicalization path to alleviate normal adolescent woes they would likely outgrow. Luca sharing her story now in the hopes that girls who find themselves thrust into the transgender medical world will slow down and reconsider before socially or medically transitioning. And that's all that reasonable people are asking for. Stop taking the most vulnerable young people and promising them an answer in these surgeries. A therapist first encouraged Luca to come out as transgender while she was partially hospitalized for unrelated mental health issues at the age of 15. As a freshman in high school, she said, this meant she was sleeping at home but spending most days at the hospital. She had expressed general discomfort with her body and said that she might be questioning her gender identity. And her therapist told her that she needed to come out as transgender to her parents, claiming it was the best way to get the help she needed. Luca had only met with that therapist once or twice on a one-on-one -on -one basis prior to the meeting, she said. During the therapy session, Luca said she was overwhelmed, shaking with anxiety, nearly blacked out. Afterwards, her parents were told that she was at high risk for suicide if she didn't transition. A common talking point amongst transgender activists, politicians, and some healthcare professionals. She said, quote, I cannot stress enough how I was not in a good place mentally at that point in time. I'd say that first visit to the partial hospital definitely solidified that identity of transgender in me and started the process of social and later medical transition. Since up until that point, I was questioning but not had put a label on myself yet. It was only rather recently after I really was able to take a large step back from having direct interactions with those medical professionals that I was able to process everything and really work through the actual causes of my dysphoria and general discomfort. Soon after she was convinced to adopt a transgender identity, she was moved from her all-girls school to a public school where she began wearing chest binders and going by a new name. This is the part of the process that is called social transition. After the social transition came the more invasive, irreversible treatments. A therapist she was seeing at her gender clinic recommended she visit a plastic surgery center. Luca did. Trustingly took that advice and underwent a double mastectomy at 16 years old. No one at the clinic seemed to have any hesitation about Luca's age. And the purpose of her appointment prior to surgery were simply to get familiar with the clinic, not to determine if surgery was actually right for her. Quote, the doctors themselves seemed to have no hesitation about the surgery, she said, noting that the surgery was delayed a few months due to concerns about her mental health and recovery time. Quote, the initial consultation at the gender identity clinic was around two hours. Just asking how I felt about things related to gender. While there's no comprehensive data on how many minors have received mastectomies 
in pursuit of gender transition in the U.S., but Boston Children's Hospital performed 65 top surgeries on minors from 2017 to 2020 alone. This according to data published by the Journal of Clinical Medicine. The average top surgery patient was 18, the youngest 15 according to the review. At least 1,130 chest surgeries were performed on adolescents, 98.6% of whom were female. In the U.S. from 2016 to 19 according to one study conducted by researchers at Vanderbilt University. But that data only includes hospital settings. It doesn't account for the patient who had surgery at private practices or the likely higher number of minors who underwent the procedure from 2020 to 2022. And then, of course, there's the entire nightmare of the hormone therapy as well. And and we'll get her whole story posted up. There is a website, dtransitionunited.org, I believe, is the site. And it is there to provide information and support for young people who either were convinced to do this and are seeking support, or for individuals who may currently be targeted by individuals who claim that they are looking out for their best interest while trying to talk them into these sorts of surgeries. And we cannot allow elected officials to scare us into not standing up for these kids. And what, as if it could not get any more sick, you have an event like the the shooting that took place over the weekend at an LGBTQ uh, club, and immediately people begin claiming this is what happens when you look out for kids who are being targeted. This is what happened when you air the stories of people like Luca. And so the very people who have been victimized are then re-victimized because they're accused of transphobia. But as Lucas said, it, is, it has nothing to do with transphobia. Springfield's Talk 104.1, I'm Nick Reed. Hear about it. Hear about I, I know it. I'm beating a dead horse here. Talk about it. Talk about but it. the hypocrisy and the double standard's kind of unreal. On Springfield's Talk 104.1. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Got another week left for you to submit your hunting picks. We want to see your best shots. That's right. Get it. Shot. And then, like, camera shots. It's a very clever, very clever play on words. Spent a lot of money and research to come up with that. Uh, Quick draw gun. $500 gift certificate up for grabs. Make your submissions at ksgf.com, and we will draw one of those. It's It's a random deal, so don't think, oh, well. My kill wasn't nearly as impressive as some of these others I've seen. It's random. We figure you're submitting those photos on social media, showing them off. Might as well do it at ksgf.com and have a chance at winning a $500 gift certificate for a quick draw gun. Again, that at ksgf.com. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. And Ooh, I like that. I like how you went up with the beat, too. Mm, yeah, it was see, really I good. Know. You know, I did club DJ a little bit. Oh, did you? Yeah, in Joplin. Wow. I did I... It just a couple of times. I didn't really like it. Oh, I, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, when I was uh, top 40. Wow. Learned I don't even remember new. the name. Of, so, Well, Club Miami was one of them. Uh, but there was this other one. 
And I just, for life of me, cannot remember what the name of it was. But I, I did there a couple of different Now, what times. was your DJ name? Uh, Nick Manhattan. Oh, very mm-hmm. fancy. Yeah, I came up with it because I was, like, trying to think of any, I, I just couldn't think of anything. And I didn't want anything overly clever. And I was passing by the, um, I forget if it's on 44, where somewhere there's a Manhattan, Kansas, you know, like. Oh, uh-huh. It, t- the distance, you know, yes. this many miles to here, and I thought, oh, well, I'll just use that, Nick Manhattan. I like good. it. Yeah. It's fancy. Oh yeah, that's a hot commodity. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> well, if your roof is beaten up and it is bringing you down, and you're not exactly sure who to call, well, I have the name of a company that is for you, and that is the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now, the Pyramid Roofing Company, they have been providing top quality roofs in the Show Me State for many, many years now. And, in fact, they actually did all of the work on my roof. And we were first-time homeowners, and we had never purchased a roof before. And we were very intimidated by the whole process. We weren't exactly sure what to expect, what they were going to do. Uh, are they going to be honest with us? You you don't have to worry about any of that when it comes to the Pyramid Roofing Company. Josh and his team, they're incredible with communication. They'll come out. They'll do the free estimate for you. They'll get on your roof, take tons of photos and videos so you can actually actually see and understand what they are talking about, and then they will have a plan for you. Maybe you don't need a whole new roof. Maybe you need just a roof repair. The Pyramid Roofing Company, either way, has got you covered with both of those aspects. So if you find yourself needing either a roof repair or a whole new roof, give my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company a call today. Now you can find all of their contact information at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. You went to Mayor McCheese's... uh Tree lighting? Yes, How was I that? did. Because he good. read a book also. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And uh, when was he was it about cheeseburgers? It was not. Oh. I was kind of disappointed oh, about yeah. that. But yeah, when he got on stage, I yelled McCheese. Did I don't think he heard me though. <laughs> I was in line. Were other for people Santa. like she must be hungry? Yeah, <laughs> they're probably like, like that's the weirdest. You thing know, I've ever... there had to have been at least one other person in that crowd that was like, yeah, McCheese. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is just really confused. They're like, well, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard anyone <laughs> randomly yell. Yeah, but it was pretty nice. Well, it was very good. cold. We got to see Santa. The little oh, one did. that's great. Yes, yeah, so he was really in awe with Santa's beard. He kept like trying to pull it. <laughs> <laughs> it was very Where cute. Where downtown? Was it, uh, there it was the at square? the square, yeah. I've never, I guess I've not been to the tree lighting before. It, you know, it's just parking. It's, I'm trying to find parking. I just, yeah. where did you have to park? Well, we ended up parking in the free parking spot that was kind of behind, uh, like, the license office, that oh, area. Okay. Yeah, it, but it was really nice. Of course, you know, they had all kinds of performers. They had Santa. They had cookies and hot chocolate, free carriage rides. Oh, it was pretty well, that's neat. that's nice. Yeah, and they had free ice skating. The husband, he went and did that, so I don't know. Ice skate. Uh, yeah. Have you ever ice skated? Uh, I tried, and I did not like it. Mm. It scared me. When I was a kid, so story time, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I was probably like eight or nine, we had a birthday party, a friend's birthday party, at a roller rink, and she ended up breaking her arm, so that's what she got for her birthday, was a oh. broken arm, and... Uh, it just kind of traumatized me a little bit. I just, it was freaky because I watched it happen and it was grotesque. Like her bone was like protruding and it just, it freaked me out. And so like roller skating, I, it freaks me out. I don't like the idea of it. Ice skating. skating. Uh, so. Well, when my cousin was, I think she was maybe in high school or junior high. I wasn't here for this, but I just remember it happening. And she was ice skating, and I want to say she was tying her shoelace or something, 
and somebody skated up upon her and like sliced <gasps> over her finger. Oh, no. Yeah, I remember at she and I don't know if it's still that way or not, but her fingernail kind of grew funky Ooh. there for a while because it just like right. slit oh and Ooh. long ways a, a bit. Yeah, can you imagine the blood? Oh, why? I mean, really, you could slice a finger that way, you know it just had to come pouring out all over the place. You're making me hurt over I wonder, here. What, it, when something like that happens, do they have to shut it down? Like whenever a kid poops in the hot tub at a resort, <laughs> you know, they have to, like, shut it down, clean it out. Or I've been at downstream now, when somebody threw up in the hot tub and what, they had to drain ew, that out. That's awful. Now, whenever my friend, she, when she broke her arm, they didn't shut it down. We just kind of were, we were ushered off to the side. Was it one of the, <laughs> the big broom? Yeah. Big bro- Did they, was it like you could see the bone? Yes. Or, oh, it was man. awful. So it's traumatic. I don't need that in my life. Yeah. That, see, that's why I don't roller skate or ice skate. Okay. Well, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But you let your husband do it. The, um, par- is Springfield have a parade? I'm just so out of the loop on these the parades. They get thrown all over the place. I think, I think the Republic do. ones this Saturday. I'm pretty sure. Or that, maybe um, next Saturday. I'm pretty sure they have a Christmas the, parade. But we, we were in it once. Oh, we were. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Like one time, we just decided, okay, let's get, be in it. Maybe did you twice. just like? Did you have to register? Or did you show up and uh, was like, yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm be sure in this? I'm sure we registered. I'm <laughs> sure we must have. It was cold. That's what I remember. There were tons of people we should down do there. That just again. think of the parking. It's just the parking. I yeah. Being I in it's got to be much better than watching it because you don't have to find parking to be in it. Yep, I understand that. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure they do have a parade. I mean, they usually. I think they COVID quit it once. Uh, it looks like December 10th, 2022, okay. at 2 p.m. Okay. Well, yeah, I think it. Was, yeah, it was in the daytime. That's right. Yeah, and that's a Saturday. All right. I I do believe that Republics is the third. The day after our happy hour. i got to reference everything to uh, our events. All right, so back to uh, some of the latest news information. The Atlanta church, where Senator Raphael Warnock has served as pastor for nearly 20 years. Yeah, see. Separation of church and state, so the Democrats say. I love that they come up with this separation of church and state thing, where they are actively pouring tens of millions of dollars in to get a preacher reelected into the U.S. Senate. And for those of you who really stick to your guns, you're a leftist and separation of church and state, do you see that, that, that the Democrat Party, they're full of crap when it comes to that stuff? It, it, it's just something that they use in order to attack political opponents. Because here they are trying to get reelected. a preacher, to be in the U.S. Senate. I mean, shouldn't Democrats be up in arms over this? Well, this story isn't about that as much as it is the fact that his church received key funding from, guess where? The Clinton Global Initiative shortly after he campaigned for Hillary Clinton's presidential bid in 2016. What an amazing coincidence. The Clinton Global Initiative announced in June of 2016 that would award a one-year $550,000 grant to Warnock's church, the place of worship where Warnock continues to serve as senior pastor. 
the Creation Care Education and Energy Stewardship Initiative was designed to improve the church's energy efficiency and lower its emissions while making it an example of resource stewardship to the community, according to the announcement. Can you even begin to think of something that is more BS than that? I mean, it, it's you couldn't have tried a little harder. Claimed that it was for helping the poor or something. So here you've got Warnock. He goes out there. He campaigns on behalf of Hillary Clinton, trying to deliver up votes in his church, in his community, amongst the, the black population to Hillary Clinton. And he gets, in turn, $550,000 designed to improve the church's energy efficiency. The world faces the significant challenge of climate change due to greenhouse gas emissions from fossil fuels and burning of coal is a major contributor to those emissions. The Clinton Global Initiative announce, announcement stated at the time, using energy more efficiently, reducing coal use and increasing renewable energy will help to reduce emissions and mitigate climate change. The announcement at the time continued as people of faith, the principle of stewardship, justice, community of life, and awe inform our call to care for creation. The historic Ebenezer Baptist Church has a recognized and highly active creation care ministry in which the church works with its many congregants to learn and teach strategic strategies for stewarding resources and caring for God's creation. As part of the program... Warnock's Church partnered with Block Power, Green Faith, the Centers for Sustainable Communities, and the Southeast Energy Efficiency Alliance. Alliance. The groups were part of uh, the plan to audit the church's worship, educational, and community facilities, recommend energy-saving methods, and propose solar generation methods by the end of 2016. Warnock praised the grant. Well, I guess he would. Over half a million dollars. And all he had to do was deliver some votes for Hillary Clinton. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Hey, when you uh, give garage experts a holler to get your free consultation, whether it is the epoxy flooring with hundreds of different color choices or perhaps you're looking for the custom storage design and build based on your usage make sure to tell them that you are a listener of this show it's a perfect christmas gift idea uh, garage experts they're fantastic people they do a fantastic job it's a tremendous asset to your home take that garage into a point of pride most people can't say that about their garage but you can with garage experts i'm able to with garage experts and again tell them that um you know you listen to the show and they'll make sure that you get a uh, special discount that's garage experts under nick's endorsements at ksgf.com Elizabeth Holmes, now, this hasn't gotten more attention, though I think I know perhaps why, has been sentenced. Now, Holmes is the former Theranos CEO. There, there was a documentary series. There was a, a um, 
Well, there was one on who there was an actual documentary series. Uh, Netflix, maybe Hulu had a docu, you know, it was a, a portrayal. Amanda Seyfried played her. Jennifer Lawrence was actually uh, set to play Elizabeth Holmes in yet another rendition of of the story, but claimed after she saw um, Amanda Seyfried's uh, portrayal that it, like she was like that's so spot on. I'm not going to be able to. I'm, I'm, there's no need to redo this. Uh, she was very complimentary. Uh, of Seifert's portrayal in it, and I thought it was good. I watched it. I found this story to be very interesting uh, for a number of reasons. But Holmes is this young gal, exceptionally ambitious, and had a, a plan to develop a way to test even the tiniest drop drop of blood, and to use that tiny drop to test for all sorts of different diseases. So instead of going in now, as you do, and they draw a vial here, and then they draw a vial there, and then another vial, and you got them all sent off, that just one little one little drop, and bam, just within minutes, you could test for all these different sorts of diseases, and it was supposed to be life-saving because... It would allow people to catch different diseases, different cancers early on where they otherwise would not even think to test for these things and would not know something was wrong until symptoms had set in, which would oftentimes be too late. They ended up uh, attempting to partner with some of the well-known big box pharmacies, if you will, uh, and anyhow, in the end, it all turned out to be a total scam. She would get arrested, charged, and U.S. District Judge Edward Davila sentenced the former Theranos CEO to 11 and a quarter years in prison for fraud-related offenses, according to the Wall Street Journal. So she's going away for a long time. The thing that I found so fascinating about this story and we see it repeated most recently with this cryptocurrency guy. And that is the desire of people in powerful positions to buy into something without any evidence at all that there's anything reality-based in it. Elizabeth Holmes had some of the biggest names, most influential people in, in the country serving on the board, going to bat for her. George Schultz being one of them. In fact, Sam Watterson played his character in the, the Amanda Seyfried version of the story. And, I mean, had a, his grandson ended up working at Theranos and saw that there was BS going on and tried to warn his grandfather. His grandfather just about disowned him because he just so believed. It reminded me of the Fry Festival documentary. This was something that what it was going to be a huge, massive festival. It turned out to be totally just just a, a complete debacle. But the guy who put it on was able to convince people 
otherwise seemingly intelligent people that all these things could be done despite the fact that logic would tell you otherwise and there was no real evidence that it could be done and now we're seeing it again with this the the uh whatever his name is the 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 floppy-haired uh cryptocurrency guy who is said to be even worse than bernie madoff in terms of walking away or losing people's money but he's another one that you see a lot of these high profile individuals i think bill clinton some capacity was involved in every one of these i know he shared a stage with elizabeth holmes i don't know that he had involvement with fry fest though or, or uh the whatever it was called the festival though chuck schumer's chief of staff was involved in that um and bill clinton also shared a stage with this cryptocurrency guy and i you know to me, it's interesting to see people that we're told are some of the brightest individuals, uh, particularly in government, that seem to fall prey to these people over and over and over again. You, it's, you'd think at some point they would begin to say, maybe this time I should be a little more cautious. Maybe this time I shouldn't go all in and help present this person to the world help give this person a platform help validate this person by sharing a stage with them by promoting them as the best and brightest the future of our country yet they do it over and over again and it's either naivety i think a lot of it's money i think that they they and it tends to just based on all of the documentaries and reading I've done of all these different instances, it's largely Democrats that like to get into bed with these folks. And I think some of it's just because they think it's easy money. They 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 get caught up in the idea, the romanticism uh, of this individual that's able to seemingly just come up with money out of midair or put on these massive events as, as influencers. And they love that glitz. They love that glamour. They love that power. And they just allow themselves to get caught up in it but it's just remarkable you know at some point it they're not going to be honest about it and clinton is the one that keeps standing out in my mind because i know he shared a stage with uh holmes and like i said i i, I know he's been at events with the cryptocurrency guy and and been involved there you want to just have a conversation with some of these people that allow themselves to get duped and and say you know do you not have some sort of radar? I mean, once, okay, twice, I mean, maybe, but how many times do you allow yourself to get put in this position? Now, at the same time, they don't seem to ever be held accountable for this. No one says to them, no Jake Tapper, no uh, you know, high-profile Chuck Todd-style individual says, you know, Part of the damage that these people have been able to do is because they're given credibility by people like you. You have a forum. You invite these people. You lavish praise upon them, telling other individuals or investors that this is the future, that you're the, you know, and, and you give them that credibility, which allows them to rip off that many more people. Do you think that there's, I mean, do you think perhaps you should be a little more cautious from now on? Some of these individuals are caught up in these scams 
on numerous occasions, you know, uh, to where you, you can't help but wonder, do they pick up the phone with one another and say, my God, can you believe we got ourselves caught up in this again? It's a fascinating thing to watch the people that we are presented with, be they world leaders or tech giants as some of the most brilliant-minded individuals, yet they get scammed in a way that when you watch it as an outside observer, it seems so obvious. And that dynamic, I don't know, I just find it to be sort of an interesting thing. Nonetheless, the judge, 11 years, 11.25 years in prison for Elizabeth Holmes, that getting handed down on Friday. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. The American Bar Association, the national voice of the legal profession, which prides itself on, quote, serving the public and the profession by promoting justice, professional excellence, and respect for the law, will no longer require the administering of the law school admissions test known as LSAT for law school applications, as reported by the Wall Street Journal. Anyone want to guess why? In the name of equity, according to the Wall Street Journal, the ABA's accrediting council, comprised of lawyers, law professors, administrators, voted 15 to 1 to drop the requirement that law school applicants take and pass the LSAT or any other, quote, valid and reliable admission test amid a debate about whether the test help or hurt diversity in admissions. Individual law schools are still free to require the LSAT or any reliable admission test. According to the ABA, the policy change will take effect beginning for students applying in the fall of 2025. So once again, in the name of diversity, we continue to lower the standards, which those who are the recipients of this, I can't help but once again ask myself, is there not this sense of insult? targeting certain groups of people and declaring that if they have to be held to the standards as everyone else, it might be discriminatory against them, and so we should just lower or eliminate the standards altogether? Glenn Beck's next. I'm Nick Reed.